coming to you live from my own living room. I'm Johanna Stauffer, and with me as always is a spread of artisanal cheeses. And this is the Mildly Alarming Podcast. Episode 25, farting in the shower is the worst smell. Well, welcome back to the show, everybody. We're so happy to have you here on the Mildly Alarming Podcast. I'm Tom Rich. And I'm Johanna Stauffer. And I'm Tom Rich. And I'm Johannes Stauffer. And I'm Tom Rich. And I'm Johannes Stauffer. And I'm Tom Rich. And I'm Boris Yeltsin. Commie bastard. <laughs> oh, we're glad to have you. Welcome, 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 welcome. Uh, what do we got on the docket today, Johannes? Uh, I think first thing we were going to um, rap battle? No. I don't know. You're the one who writes these outlines up. What are we doing? Uh, we're talking about how great I am today. We'll be right back for the next segment. <laughs> now, first segment. Um, well, before we jump into the main main event here, we found on uh, the internet a flowchart for how to choose the perfect board game. And we'll put a link to it in the show notes, of course. But I thought it would be a fun experience for you, the listener, if we, uh, we saw what the perfect board game for uh, Johannes and my group would be based on this flowchart. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start at the beginning of the flowchart. I'll work my way through it. Johannes, based on, you know, you, me... Alphonse and Gary, you know, gaming. What do what what kind of stuff might there be? You know, like what okay. game? What would what would the answer be for that that crew? Okay, you, me, Alphonse, Gary. Sure, that's what we said. Do you think anybody else? We'll we'll stick with those. All right, cool. Uh, so start here. Uh, are you playing with children? Are we talking legally children or like mentally children? I think we're going to have to go with legally children because otherwise the answer is yes, yes, a thousand times yes. Okay, then no. No children. Uh, are we going to play play for more than two hours? The plan is always yes. Um, Alphonse often has a air quotes tummy ache or something of the sort uh, before <laughs> then. So maybe not. Do, but we'll say yes. Okay. Because we usually plan an, an evening or an afternoon. All right. Hardest rules ever? You know what's already unclear here? Huh. Does that mean do we want this one game to last for more than two hours? It's 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 trending toward one game. Okay. We're picking a board game here. Let's say no. So we're gonna back up and go. We're gonna no be for more yeah, we don't we don't okay. wanna we don't wanna plan right. for that. Uh are you a huge yes. nerd? <laughs> do you have this open? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Uh, yes. Uh, do you want to spend dozens of hours preparing to play? No. Do you really like spending money? No. Does the name Boomer give you wet dreams? <laughs> See, uh, so I do have this open in front of me, and I don't know what they're talking about, but I really want to pl- like, like, you know... I wouldn't say wet dreams because my mom listens to this podcast, <laughs> but uh, Cosmic Encounter is the game it points to, and that's what I want to play, so I well, no, should no. say. Cosmic Encounter is no. Oh, well then no. Yeah. Yes would take us to Battlestar Oh, Galactica. Boomer is talking about Battlestar. Yeah. Yeah, either way, I guess, but I don't want to play Battlestar, but no. I do like Battlestar, but I don't want to play it. But did you ever, I don't, did you really have a thing for Boomer, though? No. Well, well then there you go. That's yeah. a no, then. 
Uh, yeah, I don't without think... the context of Battlestar, because I just didn't look at that half uh-huh. of the flowchart for some reason. Yeah, Boomer, I was just assuming it was a game oh. mechanic or piece oh, or, yeah. or something. Yeah, no. yeah So no. Cosmic Encounter, the game we should play. I mean, I think Boomer's pretty cute, I guess, but not like, whatever. I I was always more about that uh, that Apollo. Yeah. I wasn't big on Apollo. He was kind of a... He's got those muscles. Kind of a wuss, there. though, you know? Really? He was kind of a badass. Yeah, he, was, he was mostly a wuss. No, he had the mantle of leadership. That's that's hard. It, <sighs> yeah. it weighs on it. I don't know, man. You, like, I understand that you liked him because you read presidential biographies. Yeah, exactly. He, but had... he, he always tried to go the political route when there was a punching route of, available. Yeah, but the punching His route... His dad, Starbuck, really even, like, I really liked... Uh, oh, crap. No, I'm blanking on his, on his name. Colonel Hilo. Ty. Oh, oh no, Hilo, yeah, Ty's yeah. great. Hilo, though. Like, as far as, you know, age and rank similarity, I'd, I'd take, I'd pick Hilo yeah, over. No, no, Apollo, he Apollo. was making the hard choices. Yeah, but he made him wrong, like, every time. Oh, no, we, no, he didn't. He's like, I'm going to get fat and be oh, sad oh, and marry okay. the wrong person. And <laughs> Okay, fine. Yeah, yeah, I'm just saying, like, uh, you know. We he, should watch he, that show. He's again. a sympathetic character, but I don't, like, agree with him most of the time. Should we run this for you? I just answered all the questions. Should we do it one more sure. time, see if it goes here, a different here, way? Here, walk me through it. All right. Uh, same same group. Same group, but I'm answering instead of... So I'm uh, not sure what that what the difference we'll is. We'll see. Maybe okay. it won't be a difference. Are you playing with children? No. No. Do you want to play for more than two hours? I always want to play for more than two hours. I know you do. Game. Hardest rules ever? Yes. All right. We're already going different. It's, it already ended. Axis and allies. <laughs> Yeah, I could see me strongly disagree. Except for you, you I, would enjoy. Access I could see and me enjoying that immensely, and oh, I could see. I could see Gary sort of enjoying Access yeah, and Allies. I could see me me getting forty five minutes into Access and Allies and going, guys, we can stop if you're hating this. I could see Alphonse on the surface wanting to enjoy Access and Allies because he tends to have a, a strategic uh-huh. approach to things, and that's that's what he looks for. But I could also see his ADD meds wearing off. Yeah, and I don't, it not not actually playing through. Yeah, it's 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 a bit hefty yeah if he already knew the game if we you know if gary was having an uncharacteristically good day Mm -hmm. as far as term length goes Mm -hmm. turn turn length not term length but also and it was the first game of the day starting at like 10 a.m yeah we might we might have some we might make that work as it stands with the way the game days usually go, probably not. I've Man, never we even... didn't we didn't get far in this. No, we didn't. We we stayed near the top of the chart. It's a pretty long chart too. Yeah, and if you went with, do you like spending money? It ends at magic. Can, does magic ever support more than one on one? Oh yeah, there's plenty of multiplayer formats okay. you can do. The weirdest thing to me is that this has a uh, a logo for Silver Oak Casino at the bottom, and I just feel like really there's a casino that even knows what Cosmic Encounter is. That's that is odd. Frankly, uh, I guess it's working okay because it got us to Cosmic Encounter uh, out of a lot of other games. Most well, I guess Small World is in there. They're, most of these games are pretty mainstream. Mm-hmm. I guess Cosmic Encounter has been around for long well, enough. I'm, I'm seeing Forbidden Island over there. Over I missed on that right. one. And then there's Pandemic, but the, a lot of it's like Sorry, Twister, Cranium, Sure, Taboo, Agricola is in there. No one wants to play that. Are you in Mensa? Yes, chess too cliche, and then it takes you to either chess or go. <laughs> so we'll put that in the show notes. I guess. If you want, you can use it if you want, or don't. Do what you want. It's your life. I'm not a cop. Can you imagine if I was a cop? I can. It, it wouldn't end well. Really, no no, uh, no job 
or volunteer. So really, any situation where you are willingly carrying a loaded gun is going to end poorly. Ever talk about the time I accidentally shot my college roommate? It's not a true story. I'm making it up right now. I was going to say, I, thought so- that, I remember there being a situation where your college roommate shot himself. But even that, I think, was in a short story, and I don't remember if it actually happened. Like a semi-autobiographical... I don't... Nobody ever actually... No, bullets never penetrated flesh, but I think a firearm was discharged when it should not have been. I thought someone shot himself in the foot. Is that just in the book? Might have been, yeah. Okay. Nobody ever... As far as I can remember, nobody ever actually shot themselves. Now, one guy did, after another guy bought a blowgun on the internet... The uh, the the first guy did drop trow and let somebody shoot him in the ass with a blowgun dart. Of course. So that happened. Was it a blowgun like with actually pointed things, or was it one of those ones with just the suction cup? Oh darts? no, it was pointy. Like it it blood was drawn. Yeah. Butt blood. Butt blood. Like we used to uh, we used to set up like target ranges for it, like with the old beer cans and stuff, and like you you really had to blow pretty good to get get it to punch through the. Uh, the aluminum. Uh-huh. And, like, it came with these long, thin darts, and it also came with, like, these thicker ones that were, like, a nail. Uh-huh. And they, they I mean, they when they hit, they, we never shot each other with them because they would have, you know, taken a pretty fair chunk from your, your body part wherever they connected. Uh-huh. But, uh, anyway, it was fun. We had a good time. Well, while your roommate's pants were already down from being <laughs> shot in the butt with, uh, willingly, for some reason, with a, with a blowgun, did he then say... Well, my pants are already down. Who wants to butt chug something? He did not. That's not how that went down? That's not how that went down, no. Are you sure? I don't remember butt chugging So you may also have butt chugged it and then forgotten. We may have all butt chugged, yes. It's possible, but it doesn't seem likely. Ah, okay. So what are we doing with the rest of this segment? (laughs) It's two weeks in a row we've talked about butt chugging. Uh, Yeah, yeah. I got some texts about that. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, we're always asking for feedback. Yeah, that, we, that was feedback. What was what, what was the feedback? Well, here, let me look it up while you uh, you can <laughs> continue introducing the rest of this segment. Uh, so our next, uh, our first segment for tonight is game length. Uh, some games are short and take only a few minutes to play. Some games are long and take multiple hours or even multiple days to play. Um, and what we're curious about is is what makes a game. That is especially long, enjoyable for, and my kind of go-to example here is is our uh, Eclipse versus Risk. Eclipse takes you know two or three hours to play. Risk takes that or more to play. Eclipse is pretty fun. Like even you will acknowledge it. It's there's some stuff going on there. It's engaging. It's not your favorite game, but it it's, has its moments. It has its moments. Risk does not. Risk is just a slow grind into the oblivion of eternity. Yeah, in our experience, right. Rate. So what what is different between those games where one is able to sustain itself over a two or three hour uh, odyssey and one is not? Um, so that was what we were going to talk about. Did you find the uh, the chat texts? I did. So uh, as my brother Matt was was listening to this, he he often rather than live tweeting our episodes like some people have, he just texts them to mm-hmm. me. Uh, or te- texts me while he's listening, which is made doubly funny by the fact that he listens to them in the car, so he's using uh, voice-to-text, and so it gets stuff wrong all the time, so there's often him yelling at Siri mm-hmm. to like get the freaking word right, come on. Um, none of that here, but uh, he said, listening to your podcast about Afghans right now, y'all are idiots. And then he says, did, Ch- did Tom just say butt chug? To which I said, yep. And he replied, well... 
that's a new one. And I said, yeah, Tom has something wrong with his brain. That was one interaction I had as Uh, it pertains to the butt uh, type of chugging. That that, that particular way of... That that kind of chugging. Of of imbibing alcohol. That, Through the... The, the opposite the, the, end that, that is normal. The butchular region. The the rump. Yes. Uh. So, um, going back to game length. Yeah, game length. The actual topic. I think your comparison of risk and eclipse probably comes down exclusively to game length. Because what I dislike about eclipse is virtually identical to what I dislike mm-hmm. about risk. On the large scale like there are obviously nitpicky details i dislike about both of them that couldn't possibly cross paths because the mechanics are different sure most of what i dislike about both of them is the same thing and and the grandest early start of that is that this game is going to take entirely too long Mm -hmm. to play so yes the fact that risk takes even longer is certainly a strike against it and the lack of spaceships is also sure sure less interesting subject matter to me but uh, I feel like both are bad for similar reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess if you were to make risk short enough, I might attempt and maybe enjoy it. But even if you were to take a game of risk down to the length of a typical game of Eclipse, I still would not choose to play it. Sure. Well, let's, let's, let's pick an example then that, that is more in, up your alley. Uh, what about Arkham? Arkham will take as long, if not longer, than Eclipse sometimes. Yeah, and I was going to go there. Goes. So what do you think? What do you think about what is it about Arkham that makes it able to sustain itself across two, three hours? Oh well, I think it's us that makes it sustainable across two to three hours, and that we, well, me anyway. I can't mm-hmm. speak too much for you because you do like the the more pure strategy games more than I do. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm of the opinion that a story driven character-driven game um, is going to hold up for longer because there's a story. And so new things can happen. Uh, and, and this is why I, a lot of why I, I like randomness in games is that new things can happen and you can't be like, okay, well, I figured out the system and so I knew within a certain amount what was going to happen because mm-hmm. you have a stack of like 300 cards or whatever. You're, you're not going to memorize to, with any meaning anyway what it, what is going to happen next so, in Arkham. so it's, it's almost like if you're going to play a game that rewards clever planning you want it to reward that planning and, and get it over with and yeah. kind of and yeah draw to a conclusion relatively quickly whereas if you're going to play a game that kind of sprawls and is just like we're just gonna have things happen for a while uh that can go more yeah because well, okay. I, I like to see the story unfold and even if mm-hmm. the story and like i think in arkham where even where their writing is unclear or problematic, they've done a very good job of making it. And, and part of it is that they're writing inside an existing universe. So sure. they have a lot to draw from to make sure things already kind of fit together. But there's really no point in Arkham where you draw an encounter card and you're like, well, that doesn't make any sense. Why would that character or group of people behave that way? Mm-hmm. That doesn't make any sense. Um, it, it always kind of works. Um, and even if it's because... Uh, groups or characters are fairly simplistic it works and so you can have look at the story arc of your investigators fighting against this particular ancient one and it pretty much works throughout and 
makes an interesting story. And that's mm. what draws me into a longer game like Arkham more than the long-term 10 steps ahead planning of a strategy game. Mm-hmm. So re- really with, with the strategy games, you don't, it's, it's kind of frustrating to have to see where it's going, know where it's going, and then just sort of go through the motions of getting there. Yeah. Just continue. You, you know, I need to make decisions A, B, and C over the course of the next couple of turns and then have to actually sit and make them over the course of those turns. Yeah, that's part of it. Okay, I dig that. That makes sense. What about you? What do you think? Um, Because I know you've you've played games of Risk even. Yeah. On purpose. Uh, uh, Deliberately, yeah. But I I actually kind of agree with you that it's it's the sense of... It's when you get... For me, the the part of a long game where I, I start to be like, this has now gone past... I'm pl- I'm enjoying interacting with the systems and I want this to be done is when there's a sense of inevitability, but we just have to go through the motions. You just have to go th- I feel like that happens a lot more. Well, I don't know. I've mm-hmm. played more Eclipse. I feel like that happens in Eclipse a fair amount mm-hmm. where the victory is pretty much a foregone conclusion. Sure. Or, or, and this is a problem with both games, the victory for one of two is a foregone conclusion and the other three players are like, well, we'll go, I guess, do something. For- right. And they, so they're stuck in, which is something we've talked about before. They're stuck in the game because they're not necessarily knocked out, but they also can't mm-hmm. make meaningful turns anymore. Um, and that sucks. Mm-hmm. But even sometimes victory is a foregone conclusion. It's just like, okay, are you going to drag this out by fighting me on it? And like, yeah. like, do you care enough to make my victory based on, you know, 73 points instead of 68 points? Mm-hmm even though you're only ever going to come out of it with, like, 40 points? Exactly, yeah. Why? Why drag it out? Can we just call it? And, and so, in some ways, um, Eclipse's mechanic of there are there's always this number of rounds mm-hmm. both mitigates and causes the problem. Because mm-hmm. if you're going to have a long, drawn-out game of Eclipse that's going to last risk lengths because it, everyone's playing really well against one another mm-hmm. and, and stuff is functioning. I don't know if that's even possible actually because of the way that uh, all of the resources and stuff in Destiny work, but mm-hmm. or De- Destiny in Eclipse. I don't know why I called it that. Um, mm-hmm. Because of the way that all those things in Eclipse work. Uh, but if, if it looks like it's going to be, you know, down to the wire between all mm-hmm. all players to the very end, great. At least that puts a hard limit on it. So you're like, who's, whoever is winning at the end of round eight or whatever it is wins great now you've put a reasonable artificial but not too artificial limit on the game the the flip side of that is if someone is a clear way out ahead winner uh-huh. by turn or by round four you now have four more rounds for everyone to suffer through before yeah. it ends so i so you would be it sounds a little bit like you would be more interested in a game if it it, it needs to clear any. We, we're in agreement on that. You've a win condition. Yeah. Oh, it needs a, a win condition that won't be like risks where it, it's possible to just pendulum back an inch from victory, but never actually forever. Get yeah. Or at least for a very long time. But are you are you, it sounds like you'd be more interested in a game that tends toward a state t- tends toward a, a photo finish where everybody's in and competing right up to the end there. My question about that kind of game, though, is if, if it's going to be competitive every round. And it's going to tend toward those states where every player is still in it mm-hmm. toward the end and has the chance to come back. Kind of a blue shell type situation. Couldn't you compress those middle rounds and just have the beginning and the end and not have it last so long? I, I don't necessarily think that the photo finish is always good. And we talked about, I think we talked about this. I've definitely talked about it on um, on Board Game Hour, oh, which I missed again today. 
um about when we were talking about uh mm-hmm. player elimination in that yeah if if you're gonna if a game is short enough photo finish is, is pretty much the way to go and we, we talked about enough last time about whether or not to avoid the blue shell kind of uh equalizers mm-hmm. and and that kind of thing and how the length of the game affects what kind of finish is better and whether or not you need those uh mitigators for pe- people getting way 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 out in the lead um but i think we're, we're talking now more player elimination than length i mm-hmm. guess i'm fine with people staying in the game even if they're losing uh if there's enough interesting for them to do mm-hmm. i just feel like in my experience of both eclipse and risk they're so um every man for himself compet- and competitive that at a point where it looks like you're going to lose you don't want to use what influence you have left to sway the decision in anyone's favor because say it's me you Gary and Alphonse I don't see a lot of stuff happening where I'm more in favor knowing that I'm going to lose of Alphonse winning mm-hmm. than I am of you winning sure and I guess destiny has or, why do I keep calling it that Eclipse? Yeah. Eclipse has um, alliances and coalition victories in, in the expansion. Mm-hmm. But even then, if you're if you're in an alliance and you've been knocked out, pretty much you're screwed. Like, or, or the other guy is screwed. Right. And if you're in an alliance and the other guy screwed you, so you're not in an alliance anymore, they screwed you, so you clearly don't want... It's like the, the reasons you would have to care about the continuation of the game after you've been knocked out or effectively knocked out aren't good enough reasons mm-hmm. to keep me anyway engaged. So I would say, really, most games should be short. And even going back to Arkham, which I do enjoy, um, games go too long sometimes sure even even with a story element that i'm enjoying sometimes it's just like okay well great but can this be over i want to know how this wraps up so it, we, we definitely like i think we're in agreement that we want it to tend to get to a, once it hits that critical point of the 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 con, the conclusion is like 80 percent figured yeah we know where this is headed we want it to very quickly pick that pull that last bit together yeah and tend toward that conclusion how many minutes do you feel like you can play a game before you're like, this now needs to start justifying itself to me to keep going? Like at what at what time stamp do you start thinking, I this game is gonna have to this has gone beyond I am playing a game to this game I am playing a game and the game is ongoing to this game now needs to hold my attention or I'm gonna start getting grumpy and going and looking for the liquor cabinet. Well, I can speak to that for for me and and you know for Alphonse for people with a lot of ADHD I don't mm-hmm. know about for normos like you <laughs> but I would say two hours is probably the outside limit for any game before mm-hmm. I'm just like okay my my attention is done with this mm-hmm. it needs to be over and I've certainly enjoyed games outside of that length but it's not the norm it's not I I, ac- I actually agree I think two hours is about as much as I'm gonna go with and and. And you think if you think about the people we talked to, you know, and, and listen to people pitching games and pitched our own game at Protospiel last year. No one really pitched a two hour game. And if they did or if, when we were doing it, we're like, so well, the first play sometimes takes two hours. It was it was understood among designers that like that's kind of on the outside. Yeah. 
of of what kind of time you can expect out of really any game. Sure. Yeah, people just aren't going to play it. Yeah. I feel like after the 45-minute mark, I start to think this... Like, unless it's a game that's really hooked me, I start to think this can wrap up. Yeah, we can I, wrap up this I agree. Well, too, because if it's going to last that... The other problem I have is I like... And this is a frustration I have with board gaming in general. I like to play a game a couple of times in a row. Yeah. So I can start to get the hang of it. Right. And know what right. I'm doing and, and make better, more informed decisions about what the, what's going on. And if a game takes two hours, forget about it. You're never going to play that yeah. back-to-back. Well, when we first got into Arkham, and I think a part of our problem with Arkham is actually using too many of the expansions together. Slightly. Um, but <laughs> we we would do that, even even on the long games, because we were so just engrossed by this game. Right. We, we would play for three hours and just barely lose or just barely win uh, against an ancient one, and then we'd be like, let's do it again. Mm-hmm. Um so part of it is, you know, the group we play with, not everyone is into let's play the entire the same mm-hmm. game for the entire game day. Uh and that's that's definitely a part of it. Another thing that that Arkham and uh Betrayal at House on the Hill and a couple others do well is having um the gameplay change up. Oh yeah, definitely. At a point in the game. So Arkham's is probably a little too far to the end. Uh it's kind of an end game, the the boss battle. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes that's something to look for look forward to, and sometimes it's like, oh, well, now we're screwed. We didn't prepare for this, or you couldn't possibly prepare for this, or whatever it is. Uh, betrayal, though, it tends to be at about the halfway point, yep. roughly, where the entire game changes, and that's cool because you're still playing the same game. You're still kind of in the space that you know the board you built, the mansion you put together as you were exploring. Um, but now there's a whole different. There's the the revelation of maybe who the betrayer is, or mm-hmm. if there isn't one, you know what the house is doing that you have to fight against. Everything changes, so now you have a new set of mechanics to play, and so it's fresh sure. and interesting again yeah. until it's over. Where, um, the much more minute changes you'll see just as territory changes hands and things like Eclipse and Risk and other games, for me, aren't enough mm-hmm. uh, to to keep it fresh. You're just like, yeah, well, okay, I have a couple more hexes now, but who cares? I dig it. Is it worth putting mitigating factors in if you've built a game that you think... So let's talk about Big Man. Mm -hmm. Uh, We think Big Man is good. We enjoy it. But I often worry about... Even if I'm enjoying myself, I often worry about the attention span of other people when we're playing it. Is it worth saying, well, once you hit the hour mark, start a timer or change something? I don't don't like the automatic, like, kick it in at a certain time thing unless time is an element you've put into the game, like, Uh baked in more thoroughly. Right. Um, it it just feels artificial, like a cop out. Um, Does it feel that way to you in Eclipse, where there's a, an artificially in, introduced round limit? No, not really, because that's built into the game. It's not. It's it's not like look at the clock. It's not like jot down when you started and then know when an hour from that is. It's each each num th- this event happens this many times and then it's well right done. but so then so what you're saying then is that it's just it's really a question of wording if you began a game of big man saying you need to get out of this dungeon in an hour that's exactly the same thing as saying well it's been an hour let's start a timer starting the end of the game it's guess, just worded yeah. differently and so now it's a part of the game rather than not rather I, don't know, than there, artificial. There, I don't know there feels like something something different to me about saying the game lasts for an hour or versus the game lasts a certain number of rounds. Because a round mm-hmm. is a, a mechanical part of the game that that drives other pieces of it. It drives, you know, when you draw cards. It drives when you place new tiles. How many options you have. Mm-hmm. You know, this, that, and the other. Whereas if you haven't deliberately made time, a, like actual flowing temporality part of your game, 
that's a little bit different because theoretically in Eclipse, you have as much time as you want to make your decisions or as much time as the people at the table will put up with you for. Right. Whereas in a game like Escape Curse of the Temple or Space Alert, time is, is part of it. Right. You know, you have a limited amount. And so saying you have an hour to do, say, play Space Alert is very different because it's, it's got distinct amounts of time versus Eclipse where theoretically I can burn up the whole hour on my first turn if I thought I could get away with it. You couldn't. You could, well, you can stall, yeah, I guess, yeah, I and, gotcha. and manipulate the time in that, which feels like it's adding a new, an element to the game that isn't part of the basic design. Right. It's one of the reasons why when you take a game like Magic or something and take it to tournament play, or even chess, where you have a limited amount of time to hold your tournament, you have to get in a certain number of games, uh-huh. that pressure of the clock changes the dynamic. Suddenly you're not able to make you know, the careful, calculated moves you might want to because you have to make them in a certain amount of time. And you suddenly have an extra piece of pressure you can put on your opponent by forcing them to make their moves in an amount of, in a different amount of time than they otherwise might. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't care for that. I guess is the the short way to say what <laughs> I just said. I would rather I would rather that if you're going to have a mechanism to to end the game early, you bake it into the game. Like, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, it's fine. like if I were going to put some slap something on Eclipse, just just tape it on top of it that could end it early. I would make it like a galactic council mechanism where at any point you could introduce a a motion to win the game. And if you were in a commanding lead, there would be some way where you would win that vote. Hmm. And so you on round three, if you had just blown them out of the water, you'd be like, I'm introducing a motion in the council. You guys can all vote against me, but because of the amount of planets I control, I can just declare victory. Oh, I gotcha. That kind of a thing. That's not bad. Which just basically just creates a different victory condition, but... Yeah, yeah, but which is but, also it's just as tacked on though. I like I see I see sort of what you're saying, but at the same time, that's no less tacked on, and to me, doesn't feel any less tacked on mm-hmm. than or any more tacked on really than an artificial round number of rounds or or time limit. I mean, the, the, you could very easily make go back to Big Man, make an hour time limit uh, easy, saying you're, you're in a dungeon, but it's filling with water. And so mm-hmm. it's it's closing in from the outside, and every X number of minutes or every X number of turns, you lose a ring of this size mm-hmm. around the outside of your otherwise th- procedurally generated. Board. I think what we're getting hung up on is that I feel like if you're going to introduce, like, if you're going to have real time at all in your game, like it's really got to be baked in uh-huh. and be and have a lot of impact on it and be planned from the start. Right. But other than the fact that I would, I'm right now theoretically adding that time limit to to mm-hmm. Big Man after the fact. What makes it any less baked in? Say we started with that rule. That was one of the first things we came up with, but otherwise the game organically came out exactly the way it did. Except that it's got a one hour time limit on it? Yeah. So now you have to make all your moves with that in mind? Yeah. Like I feel like, and it could also be a difficulty because I'm talking about a game we created together, but I feel like it's not really, it doesn't even feel outside of the fact that we know it wasn't the case. It doesn't feel any less baked in to me than any other artificial limit. Now, Now you're right about uh about space alert because uh-huh. that game is all designed around time limits mm-hmm. and so that makes perfect sense but really nothing about eclipse's round limit other than the fact that it's there okay fair has any any tie-in to the rest of the gameplay it doesn't make any sense other than the, the fact that it, it goes in rounds and they decided to stop it after or they the decided that after this number of rounds you don't do yeah. any more rounds it doesn't tie into the game theme in any way sure okay i buy you I, I that i follow no okay so with that in mind our limits and we're speaking of limits we're over our time for this mm-hmm. segment but 
with that in mind, are there other limits? Like, are there limits worth doing? Or if your game looks like it tends to run long, should you try to change something else about it? Um, and obviously, yeah, if you're going to, if you are literally going to say this game goes too long, we're going to right before we ship it, slap a time limit on it. So people don't play it for too long. That's stupid. Yeah. But if it looks like you have a good game, but it tends to run long and lose some people's attention, where do you go? Um, I mean, I mean, resource, a resource that runs out over the course of the game is mm. a good one. Like mm-hmm. we, we did it with big one with cards in the deck. Right. Those were not, and a lot of games do that. You know, you just say there's only a certain amount of whatever you need to fuel your your processes. Right. And when it's gone, it's gone. Um, you know, win, win, the win condition can do it if 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 the game tends toward that. You know, if there if if it tends to re- build momentum for a given player and and push you in that direction. Mm-hmm. Well, it seems like a resounding we don't know. <laughs> about time limits other than two two hours seems like an outside for most games freaking incredible podcast yeah it's uh it's the really the type of content that we know people tune in for you know if we were charging people for this i might feel bad about it you know if there were a time limit on our podcast <laughs> episodes people might be more likely to listen <laughs> uh, that's not true no no it's a great podcast but we have to be more positive about our accomplishments if you're positive that our accomplishments take too long to achieve, you should let us know on Twitter at Mildly Alarming. You can send us an email at mildlyalarmingshow at gmail.com. Or you could post it on the website in the comments section at www.mildlyalarming.com. Or you can just uh, keep rolling dice until you roll 312 fours in a row, at which point I will appear in hovering in the air in front of you and um, I'll uh, poke you in the eye. Your question never gets answered in this scenario. Who wouldn't want that? We'll be right back after this word from our sponsor. Hey, everybody. Ted Wardo here to tell you about Ted Wardo's finest fish emporium. At my shop, you'll find only the finest. Hang hang on a moment. Excuse me. Excuse me. Can can I jump in? No. no, We're doing a commercial. It's it's just your name is Ted Wardo. Yeah. Let's it's like not a name. Though. Can, listen, can we talk about this later? I'm doing a commercial, like, right now. But Tedwardo isn't a name. Ted is short for Theodore. Well, it's what I'm named, so can you just let it go? You could be short for Edwardo. I've got a commercial to do. You can't just be Tedwardo. All right, I get it. You don't believe my name is my name, but it's on my birth certificate and on the sign for my fish store, which I am trying to advertise. So could you just drop it? People should have real names is all. Anyway, on Wednesdays, you can get prairie halibut for just $1.79 a pound. Great savings! What's a prairie halibut? Pig spray-painted silver. Tasty! Welcome back to the Mildly Alarming Podcast. I'm still Johannes Stauffer. But I'm no longer Tom Rich. Now I am again. Wow. The transformation happened before my eyes, and it was terrifying. I apologize if my pedipalps got everywhere. They got so everywhere. What do you think pedipalps are? I think they're kind of uh, a sort of cross... I swear to God, if you say sepulcher, (laughs) I'll stab you in the eye socket. It's like a cross between a proboscis, a pseudopod, and a cephalopod. And the Pope. Yeah, no, it's... Okay. But what do you actually think they are? 
I have no idea what Because you use is. them somewhat regularly in ways that sometimes make sense and sometimes don't. They're kind of they they kind of squirm. No, they don't. They have certain qualities as of a a sort of uh a bean based dish. <laughs> Amazing. So as I understand it, and I'm looking this up now, but as I understand it, the pedipalps are like uh on a hydralisk. You know those uh extra set of like pincery jaw things oh i know i'm not proud but i know yeah i i figured you wouldn't be that's why i picked that <laughs> instead of a real insect uh yeah here we go each of the second pair of appendages attached to the cephalothorax of most arachnids oh, i guess only arachnids have them they are variously specialized as pincers and scorpions sensory organs in spiders and locomotory organs in the horseshoe crab so you know how spiders sometimes have those little like Mouth, feet, yeah, like yeah, yeah. And, and then scorpions have pincers. Those are pedipalps. Those so are pedipalps. They're, uh, I thought those were mandibles. No, mandibles are the jaws, right? They've got jaws, but uh-huh. then pedipalps are like, I guess, let's see, petty would be foot and palp would be touch. So I guess it's kind of like a leg foot that you can manipulate things with. I guess that would be the I'm root confused. of the word. Because you palpate is to touch. Mm-hmm. So in a in a... And a, uh, a scorpion, they've got pincers, uh-huh. which are in addition to their legs. And eight legs, right? Because they're mandibles? arachnids. And then they have mandibles also in addition. So pedipalps are like sort of forward. So wait, are my arms They're my, basically, are my they're arms basically arachnid. If you were an arachnid, I guess your arms would be pedipalps. Why can't my arms be pedipalps when I'm a person? Because you don't have a cephalothorax. Uh, well, why not? Because you're a person. Uh, At any rate, you brought them up, I think, when we were talking about octopi last, uh-huh. and they don't have those because they're... They could. But maybe, no, maybe, they're not arachnids. But maybe there's a species of octopus out there that has pedipalps. No. They have beaks? Whatever the case, they're not squirmy. They're more, you know, chitinous and and, and rigid. I think... Wait, chitinous. Is that... um, They, like, go in the sky yeah, on a string? Yeah, and they glide sort yeah, of on the they have this. they have kind of a tail. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the guy with the Mary Poppins sings about them. One time I was flying a kite and it was too windy to fly my little stunt kite. And my uh-huh. like sister and cousins who were with us were flying regular kites and they had a big bird kite. And I was like, I guess I'll just try to fly that because my stunt kite's too small for this much wind. And big bird got up in the sky and then broke off the string <laughs> and flew away. And I was just like, that probably landed on someone's car windshield somewhere and they died. <laughs> Big Bird just straight murdered someone from above. Did you ever see the sequel to Mary Poppins, Larry Poppins? No, do tell. Uh, It's about her cousin, Larry, who is also a governess, only it's horrifying because he's wearing the same uniform as she does. uh, And also, he's not good at it. He uses his magic mostly for evil. I would watch that. Um. I mean, I guess it depends on how evil and, like, what the rating is and who I'm with. (laughs) So, (laughs) pedipalps. Why did you bring up Mary Poppins just now? Larry Poppins. Mary Poppins. Kites. Okay. Chitin. Arachnids. It's a stretch. Pedipalps. But I'll allow it. It's a perfectly reasonable chain of thought. Due to unforeseen circumstances, the rest of this episode was lost to the sands of time, its former glory only ever to be hinted at in the annals of history. We'll try to reproduce it next week. 
Anyway, here's another commercial. If you have a tendency towards sympathetic vomiting, maybe just turn the podcast off now. Don't say we didn't warn you. The Mildly Alarming Podcast is brought to you by the Mildly Alarming Podcast in a world where Johannes and Tom can't stop vomiting. Check it out on Transdimensional Podcast radio phones for great bits like this. And who could forget this gem? (laughs) And, of course... Not again, not again, not again. The Mildly Alarming Podcast in a world where Johannes and Tom can't stop vomiting. Wait an hour after eating and check it out.